Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. It's kind of a big chunk of scripture, but we're going to cover this today. And we're going to look at the out with the old and in with the new. Last week where we left off, we talked about in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. And this is important, so you can understand a little bit about our DNA here at Sagemont. We believe that everybody has a ministry. We believe that we're fitted together, the supply together that we can do, the ministry together, given by the Spirit of God, causes the growth of the body. That's where we left off last week. So everybody doing their part, each of us together, we're better together than we are as separate individuals in ministry. So we just harness all of our energy to serve the King. So if you want to go to our website and you click on the tab that says serve, you can find the opportunities where you can plug in. We're looking for ushers in the 1115 service. You can plug in there. But there's a lot of opportunities on our website. So out with the old and in with the new. That's what Paul's going to talk about. Let me give you an illustration that I think will help as we set this up to what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians chapter 4. He's talking about what we used to be apart from Christ, how we used to walk outside of Christ, and now what it looks like when we walk inside of Christ. It's kind of like when you go and fly. When you go and fly, you bring your baggage. And when you bring your baggage, you check it in at the counter. They won't let you take your baggage with you. In fact, when you get to security, they tell you that there's a certain size bag that you can carry on, but it's got to fit in this particular parameter. And so you check your baggage in, you have a carry-on, but it's got to fit in a certain parameter. I'm so tired of throwing away cologne and throwing away stuff that you have to throw away. And by the way, if you have BO, the best thing that can help you with that is you just put more cologne on. So I'm always throwing away cologne at the time when I'm trying to board a plane. But one of the things is you can't bring anything on that plane that's made by your own hands. It just won't fit. And if it won't fit in this particular place where they give you that design, you can't take it with you. It's amazing how you can buy some of the same stuff on the other side for a whole lot more than what you just threw away, right? So here's what I want us to understand. When you talk about the kingdom of God, when you talk about salvation, you can't bring anything from your own hands. You can't bring your own righteousness because it won't fit. You can't bring your own joy because it won't fit. You can't bring your own goodness because it won't fit. But on the other side, when you trust Christ as your Savior in salvation, it's not your joy, it's now His joy that fits. It's not your goodness, it's His goodness goodness that fits. It's not your righteousness that you brought to the table. It's his righteousness because our righteousness is as filthy rags. So what Paul is going to tell us today is out with the old and in with the new. So that illustration, I hope you'll keep that in your mind as we look at this text of scripture. So Paul talks about how you can't bring your baggage with you. And here's what he talks about. Look at it in verse chapter four, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Now let's stop there with that verse. So, so there's a certain way that we walk. It's not how high you jump, it's how straight you walk in the Christian life. And so salvation is a step. 
It's a step where you and I receive the forgiveness of sins. We receive salvation. We receive hope. We receive joy. We, we receive peace in Jesus Christ. And so that causes us not to walk as we used to walk. And a walk is a series of steps. So once I understand the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, the text says in verse 17 that I don't walk the way that I used to walk. Now listen, if anybody tells you about a salvation that preaches to you uh, that it doesn't matter what you do with your life and there's no life change that takes place with Jesus Christ, that's not the gospel. You don't walk any way you want to walk. You don't do things the way you want to do things the text says you were walking one way and taking steps this way, but now you're walking in his righteousness, his joy. That's what fits in this walk. So that's what Paul is telling us here. He says, look at the text. You should no longer walk in the, in, as the Gentiles in the futility of their mind. The futility of the mind, he connects our walk, listen carefully, with our mind. It's like, I'm going old school here, it's like AM and FM. I'm really going old school here. <laughs> you know, it's like when you're apart from Jesus Christ, my mind, I lived in the futility of my mind. Some of you are living in the futility of your mind. You're living on AM. AM is a mind that is separated from God. AM is a mind that is disengaged from God. AM is a mind that lives in the futility of a person's sin. And when you talk about the futility of a mind and a mind that wanders in sin, that's a mind that's wandering aimlessly. So we, Paul connects someone's walk with their mind, with their thinking. You know, if you get your thinking right, you can get your walk right. But our, because our thinking is wrong, and because we're born in sin, and we're born on the AM channel, there's nothing we can do but change teams to get on the FM channel. You have to move from this domain to this domain. You can't just change some things in your mind. You can't just say, Give me seven ways in which I don't do this anymore. Give me ten ways to have an effective marriage. No, you have to have a change of mind, which begins with a change of heart, and that's what salvation does. So Paul says there are people who still walk in the futility of their mind. Listen, as I'm speaking right now, there are missiles flying. There, there, there are all around the world, we see this. You know that you're, you're up to speed on what's happening in Israel. We see shootings on a daily basis. And then the political pundits get on TV and they tell us we have a political problem. We do not have a political problem. We have a sin problem. And Jesus came to teach us that we don't have to walk no longer in that sin. We can walk with a Savior. And when we walk with a Savior, He changes our mind and He engages us, disengages us from AM, puts us on FM, if I can go old school, and He uh, reprograms our mind. That's what Paul's talking about. He said the people that are lost People without Jesus walk in the futility of their mind. Let me see if I can explain it to you this way. There was a man, um, his, name is, uh, his, his name is, I think, John, but he's called the Raven. And the Raven runs eight miles a day. He's been doing it for almost his whole life. And I think it happens about 5 p.m. I read this in an article. Every day at 5 p.m., he runs no matter what. In my, on Miami Beach, he runs eight miles no matter what. He runs in hurricanes. He runs in hailstorms, 
Recently, there was a major hailstorm, and he went under the lifeguard station, and he just ran in place because he lives to keep his streak alive. And he doesn't want anything to cause him to stumble with his streak. So his whole purpose is that he lives for the purpose of running. And they asked him, what about your family? He says, this is my family. This is my identity. My running, my running gives me identity, and my identity gives me a new reality. And a lot of people live for the wrong thing because his streak is going to end when he dies. And your career is going to end when you die. But if you can learn to walk in Jesus Christ, you can live forever. And that's the important thing. That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about people who used to be outside the family of Christ, who are now inside the family of Christ, and he says, you can run all you want, but run it in me. I'm the passion, I'm the heart. That's what he's saying. Verse 18, people outside of Christ, see if this doesn't explain our nation, and our nation is a so what nation. So what? I don't care what you say from the Bible, so what? See if this doesn't describe where we are today. Having their understanding darkened, in other words, they're closed off from God, and being alienated from Him, separated from Him, from the life of God, because of their ignorance, not because of their innocence, because of their ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, because of the blindness of their heart. So sin hardens the heart. And so one of the things that salvation does is that salvation helps you to walk in the purity of the gospel. Uh, when you walk in sin, you walk one way. When you walk in the purity of the gospel, you walk according to your conversion experience, and you're no longer alienated from God, and your heart is no longer hardened. It is now softened to the gospel. So this explains people outside of Christ. Verse 19, who being past feeling, is that not where we are today? People don't feel shame. They don't feel guilt. It's like a cow being branded. When you see a cow, I know a little bit about farming, when you see a cow being branded, it cauterizes that cow and, and that brand and it puts a mark on them. And if you go back and you try to touch that spot, there's no feeling there whatsoever on that cow. And there's, that's where people's lives are. Apart from Jesus Christ, they're past feeling. They, they don't understand their shame and their guilt. The Holy Spirit has convicted them, but they don't see a need for a Savior. And it says here, look at verse 19, and they have given themselves over to lewdness, that sensuality, to the work of uncleanness with greediness. So what Paul is saying is the world apart from Jesus Christ looks a certain way. And it looks like people who walk according to the futility of their mind, according to the sensuality, because they just go more, we want more sin and more sin and more sin. And when they step into that sin and they get more and more of that sin, that sin doesn't satisfy them. And all they have to do is bow. All they have to do is repent. All they have to do is turn to Jesus and he'll put his life in them and they will no longer have a desire for sin. They'll have a desire for the Savior. But it comes with a trans-relocated life into Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying the world, apart from Christ, out with the old, he's saying this is what the old life used to look like for you and me. But here's what he says, very important in verse uh, 19, verse 20. But you... 
You remember back in uh, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, but God. But God having, being rich in mercy and grace. Here he says, but you. He's talking about people who have trusted Christ as their Savior. But you have not learned, look at this, learn Christ if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him. So you haven't learned Christ in this way. That's not the way that you've learned Jesus. See, if someone is teaching you a gospel that, doesn't te- that tells you that you don't have to change, then you haven't learned Christ. Because learning Christ is the truth about Jesus and salvation is only found in Him. And so when you learn Christ, you can say that now I understand who He is. Not only what He has done for me, but who He is. Now listen carefully. Not only who He is, but who I am now that I am in Him. Not only do I have a new identity in Jesus, I have a new reality, and I walk in that new reality and the fullness of that life. It does not mean I walk perfectly. You can ask my wife. I do not. But I hope that you can say about me, and I hope it can be said about you, that we're predictable. Yes, we have flesh, and yes, we can actually go back and sin after we're saved, but we are through enjoying our last sin when we get saved. When you sin after you get saved, there's conviction. It bothers you, and God says, I have something better. You don't have to dip into that well anymore. So when Paul says, but you have not so learned Christ in this way, he's saying the way that these people walk. That's not what you learned about Jesus. You learned that he's truth. You learned that he's life. You've learned that he's the way, and you can have a relationship with him. That's what Paul's saying. Notice the text. So learn Christ, if indeed you heard him, hearing the truth, and have been taught by him. So there's a new way of living. That's what Paul's talking about. So he's ramping up to talking about three things here that help us understand where we really are in our walk. Number one, notice what he says here, verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So what that means, what Paul is saying is the word put off means at a certain point in time, you took off the clothes of the old life. That's what he's saying. He's given an imagery of clothes here. He says there was a certain time in your life, Freeman, when you put off the old life. And it was a moment in time when you put it off. And the idea of the word put off is to lay it aside. You, you laid it aside. Now salvation is not where Jesus came in and patched up a lot of holes that I had in my jeans. He didn't say, well, I think you need a little help here. I think we need to cover this. I think we need to put something here. And I get it. I get the jeans are in and I get the holes are in and all that. But my illustration is this. Jesus didn't come to patch you up. He came to give you a new life in him. A new life in him. So when I can learn to live this new life in him, my walk is different. My series of steps that I take is different. And the first characteristic of a person who knows that they have Jesus Christ as their Savior is they've put off the old clothes. Do you ever, have you ever been around somebody that's got some stinky clothes? You better bury those things. I was a student minister here, and what the, what I noticed all week long, the sixth graders, when I take them to camp, they wore the same clothes every day. And every day it got worse. It got worse. So me and Milt, we said, we, we tricked them, and we, we knew they had other clothes, because we checked. Their mama packed their bag, and flat man was laying over there. And so we said, put all your old clothes here. We bagged them up, threw them away, so they had to wear some new clothes. That's the only way 
you can get rid of the smell. Now listen to me. What Paul is saying is Jesus Christ has gotten rid of the smell of sin in our life and there's no reason that we should walk in putting on those old clothes that he just freed us from. Now listen, when Jesus came out of those grave clothes, he left those grave clothes. And when you and I come out of the grave clothes of our sin, we leave and put off that life forever. That's important to understand. Now I'm telling you, this is important to understand. Then you say, then why do I struggle with sin? Well, I'm going to help you there. And Paul talks about this. You may struggle with sin, but when you struggle, you're not struggling with sin like you did before because you didn't have any power over sin apart from Jesus. But now you have a new power because now you have a new person. You may still have a problem, but the new person can overcome the sin in your life and in my life. That's what Paul's saying. So we put it off. Watch this. Uh, have you ever eaten at the Waffle House? Okay, I'm going to get calls. But Brother John's here. He'll take all of your calls. It's fine. He will. <laughs> Listen, you can put a Waffle House. I, I love Waffle House. There was one just right down Alcoa Highway where I lived in Tennessee. We go to Waffle House after a baseball game. Let me tell you something. You go to Waffle House and there is a smell from the grease on your clothes that smells like burned diesel fuel for weeks. And so if I was going to a meeting, if I was going to a meeting, a church meeting, and I was going to a meeting, I would never stop by Waffle House, although Waffle House was in me. I could not do it because I knew that if I walked into that meeting, I could not put off that smell, okay? Now, I, I understand that Waffle House is a good place, and there's nothing like steak and eggs, and there's nothing like the waffles. I get that. I'm trying to tell you about an illustration here. And so what Paul is saying is we have put off that old smell. And we didn't put it off. He did the work in us. He created us. He recreated us in him in salvation. And now we are new. There's no reason for you and I to walk around in stinky clothes anymore. We are new people. We have a new power. And Paul says, put it off. Now, here's what he says here. Look at the text. Put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So, when you think about that, I think about my dog. I think about there's certain things he cannot put off. And I know he's not saved. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm sharing every bit of truth I can. Sit! Stop! Go! Don't! Well, when he sees a skunk, that dog goes after the skunk. Now, stay with the illustration here. If I have put off the former life and Jesus Christ has saved me not only from myself but from my sins, I don't have to go after the skunk anymore. But my dog, he continues to go after the skunk. We have a formula. It's baking powder, baking soda. It is Dawn dish soap and it's hydrogen peroxide. And there's been multiple times that we go and wash him. And in an instant, when he gets sprayed after he goes and tears up a skunk, I mean... It doesn't matter. The next night, if he sees a skunk, he's drawn right back into that sin. You can never take the, the dog out of the skunk or the skunk out of the dog with him because he is drawn that way. My point is this. When Jesus saved us, he took the sin out of us. So when we go after that appetite, Paul says, that's what you put off. That's what the text says. You don't have to go after this anymore. Now, let me tell you something that's real important. 
And we have a wonderful counseling ministry here. But when you put yourself in a position to have victory in your life, it's when you put off the old man that never read the Word of God and was listening on the AM station, and you put on the FM, and the FM is God's Word. That's what it is. And I'm all for counseling. Listen, I need counseling myself. I've been involved in counseling. I don't mind telling you. I'm not afraid. Listen, it is wonderful to have professionally trained counselors, but there's nothing like going to the wonderful counselor who wrote this book, and when you read this word and it reads you, then you can have victory in your life. I promise you. Someone says, well, I keep lusting and I keep sinning and pornography and all this. Listen, that is a real problem, and we understand that here at Sagemont. But I can tell you, if you don't spend any time in God's Word, you're never going to have victory in that area of your life. Fill your mind with God's Word and let Him fill you into that place, and then you won't even be drawn over there. You'll say, wait a minute, this is God's truth. It is riveted in me. So Paul says, put off the old. That's what he says. Look at the text. Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Here's the key. And be renewed by the sp- in the spirit of your mind. So the mind prior to Christ that Paul told us about is a futility. It's aimlessness in our mind. It's an AM station that can never get honed into the truth of God. But now that we have been renewed in our mind... Now that we have Christ in our life, we can dial into the FM station and God's truth can penetrate our mind and our stinking thinking that we used to have that used to draw us away from God, now we're being drawn to God because our mind is being renewed. Now this is important to understand. The word renewed means to renovate your mind. Have you ever done a renovation project at your house? You get rid of the old, we go in and we're going to go, we're going to do a little something in this room. No, we end up pick. we do the flooring, we take everything out, we rip out the old and we put in the new. And the idea is Paul is saying, when you renew your mind, God has ripped out the old mind and he's put in his mind and his spirit in you. And so now your mind can be honed in on the FM station. Uh, when I would travel from here, Houston, all the way to Mead, Kansas, where my grandmother lived and where I was for a couple of years helping my mother with the farm, there's these little towns that you go through, and they have these big towers and these big stations. So as you get closer and closer to the station, you can dial in AM and you can dial in FM, but you don't get a clear signal until you get right up on the town, like Watonga or Fort Supply or whatever, all these little towns. And the idea is with God, what we do when we renew our mind is we let God renew and redial and refocus us in on Him. And the more that you read God's Word, and the more that God's Word reads you, then you can say your mind is renewed. Some of the meanest people I know, not at Sagemont, some of the meanest people I know, they are filled with information about God's Word, but there's no transformation. They, 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 they read it. They know about Jesus. They know everything that the Bible says. But they'll be the first ones to cut you off. They'll be the first ones to say a fleshly word. That is not being renewed in your mind. Renewed in your mind is where your walk and your talk match. That's what Paul's saying. Now this is important. Look at what he says. Verse 23, be renewed in your mind. And then he says, and that you put on the new man. So there's three things that we do. We put off the old man. We hit the delete button in the tech world that we're in. We delete anger. We delete bitterness. 
We delete workaholism. We delete all these things. We put off these things. We renew. We run a new program. The new program is the Bible and God's Word. Now watch this. And the third thing that Paul says is you put on something. There's no reason to take off old clothes if you don't put on some new clothes. And the new clothes are the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what he says in verse 24. And put on. Put on the new man. The new man is the new life. The new man is the new identity in Jesus Christ. The new man is the new identity and the new reality and my new walk that is now a fervor and practice in him. That's what Paul's saying. So he says, put on the new man which was created. Circle the word created. It was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So what Paul says is now that you're in Christ and you have put off the old and you have put on the new, now walk in the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus Christ because he has given you his righteousness and he has given you his holiness. So now that should be descriptive of my life and your life. God has loved me and loved you into a position of holiness. Now it makes sense that we would live our life in that position. Think about that. You say, how can I live in righteousness and holiness? I'll tell you, you can't, but God can. And he'll do it through you. See, the word renew here doesn't mean something you do. It means something that has to be done to you. It means God does this to you. But when God does something for you and in you, it's because you and I have surrendered to him and said yes to him and said, God, do this work in me. So he says, put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and true holiness. Let me see if I can uh, close a little early here. Explain this to you. I had a friend who had a Superman suit. We were about three, four years old. We used to live over here on Sage River. Brother John lived across the street from us. And we would play. And I'd play with my friends up and down the street. And when it would flood, we would get out and we'd walk in the flood and see the snakes going like this and thought it was a big deal. But one of my friends had a Superman suit. And it fit him at three years old. Okay? He had the pads, you know, the pads that were here and the pads that were here. So that thing fit him at three years old. Then we began to grow up. And we began to grow out. And he kept still trying to put that Superman suit on. Every single day. And we said, it won't fit. Quit putting the suit on. It won't fit. He's three years old. It fits. He's not three years old. It doesn't fit. He kept trying to squeeze into something that didn't fit. Now, there's a guy by the name of Muhammad Ali, who everybody said was Superman. And one time he was boarding a plane. This is a true story. And the stewardess said, Muhammad, buckle your seatbelt. He said, make me. She said, buckle your seatbelt. He said, make me. She said, buckle your seatbelt. They began to taxi. She became very angry with him. (laughs) So she finally said, Muhammad, buckle your seatbelt. And he said, Superman doesn't need a seatbelt. And she said, Superman doesn't need a plane either. (laughs) Now here's the point. We need to stop acting like something that we're not. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, some of you have never been saved. So some of you in this room, you've never given your heart to Jesus. So the old life is characterized by sin. It's characterized by anger and bitterness and frustration 
and all kinds of things that come from the futility of our mind. Paul says, that's how you're living. I got good news for you today. If that's you, if you're here and you're living in that, and you're living in sin, I've got good news for you. You don't have to live that way any longer. Because Jesus Christ came so that he could erase our sin, so that he could put off that sin in our life, so that we could fit in his righteousness and goodness. And all you have to do to put off the old life today is bow your heart before him and say, Jesus, save me today. Save me. Give me a brand new life. One of the things that we offer here at Sagemont is just hope. People just need hope. And our hope is found in Jesus Christ. And so, if you're here today and you've never put off the old life, you can today. But we wouldn't ask you to put off the old life without putting on something new. So when Christ comes to save you from your sin, and He washes all that sin away, and He removes it as far as the east is from the west, He is also going to put on the garment of His life over your life. So you're no longer fending for yourself. You're living a life that has been put on, and He is now your garment. He is now your garment of praise and your garment of encouragement. And He comes to live in you so that now you have a new power so you don't have to go back and live in the former conduct of the old life. That is good news. That's what we offer you today. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, receive Him today. Bow before Him. We have a connection room when we dismiss in a few minutes. If you go right out these aisles or out these side doors, it's right behind the cameras and the terrace. You can go in there and say, today I want to trust Christ as my Savior. Today I want to be a part of this fellowship. Today I'm struggling with something and I want you to pray for me. That is what we're here for. And listen, we're not here because we've arrived and we're up here in this tower. We're here today because we're broken people just like you. We're broken people. We're broken pastors who are totally dependent upon God to do what only God can do in our lives. He can take broken people and put them back together. And he can put your broken heart back together because he gives you a new one. He created you and he created you for a purpose. Now Paul says... Live according, look at verse 24, to God in true righteousness and holiness. Let me close with, I think I said I'm going to close, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to close with this one. <laughs> the other day I was in a deacon's meeting, and I had a dead battery over there by the student ministry building at the hall, at the end of the hall. So I'm texting the guy, I said, I'm in a deacon's meeting, but I'll get out of the deacon's meeting as soon as you come, he's going to check out my battery. Gilbert's in here, he's, he, got, he got me a new battery. But, but what happened prior in that day is I went to have lunch with somebody and I told, and this is the miracle in itself, not only was I going to drive to meet him, I was going to pay for it. And so I got there and he, I said, let's take my car. And so we went to get in my car and it was dead. So I got a jump over at Discount Tire. The jump got me back to here. When I got here, my battery's dead. So I needed a new battery. But in order to get a new battery and to get a new jump, I had to have someone come face to face with me. So I had a car that came this way. My car's here. We both uh, opened the hood. You take the negative here and you connect it to the negative on the battery that needs power. You take the positive over here and connect it to the positive over here. Don't ever get those uh, mixed match, promise you. It'll be an explosion. And so what was happening is the life of the battery that was in this car was connected to the cable which was giving me power in this car. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ 
was on a cross on Calvary and he finished the work where he paid for my sin and your sin. But on that day, there was a cable connected to me. And when I, by faith, trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, there was a new power and a new source that came into my life. And it happened by the fact that I just bowed before Jesus and said, Jesus, take over my life. You can do that today. That's what it is. We, he- we are here. Paul tells us, take, it, take off the old clothes, renew the mind, put on the new. What's your decision today? Would you like to walk out of here with still the same struggles, the same sin, when you can walk out of here and be free today? I would encourage you just to go into our connection room. If we can pray with you to receive Christ as your Savior, if we can encourage you in some way, Maybe there's a sin that you're struggling with. Listen, we still struggle with sin after we're saved, but I promise you there's a new power in us. And we don't have to yield to the sin, we yield to the new power. And the new power overcomes the sin in us because our victory is in Him. It's in Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head with me? Father, I just come this morning and I pray for each person in this room. Thank you for this day of being able to celebrate who you are God, it's just good to be able to turn it all off today, the world and the patterns of this world and the thinking of this world, and just come to your word and be able to hear truth. But I pray that we would be beyond, we would move beyond hearing the truth, but we would not only hear the truth and learn the truth, but we would respond to the truth. So I pray for people in this room right now under the sound of my voice that have never trusted you as Savior. I pray right now, in the quietness of the moment where they sit, that they would receive the free gift of salvation. They can't put off old sin. They can't put off old clothes. But you can do that for them. And I pray that they would realize how much you love them. And if you're here this morning and you need Jesus, say a prayer like this. Dear Jesus, save me. I repent of my sin. I turn from the way in which I was walking. And I want to walk in a new direction. So Lord Jesus, save me and give me a new heart that causes me to walk in a new direction. And as I put you on today, I kiss goodbye my former life because you say you will bury our past to remember it no more. Old things have passed away and everything has become new. So Father, thank you for this time of celebration. And we pray that you would continue to work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much.